Good morning, and welcome back to Seeing Life from a Different Angle. I thought today that it would be an interesting topic for us to explore, and one I would love to hear your thoughts on. You know, by the way, please feel free to respond to these requests for feedback or any thoughts, because I would love to know what you would like me to explore. If I, I can't promise that I will touch upon everything, but I would love to hear some feedback. I, I've asked for it time and again, and I get nothing or very little in return. And the ones I do get, I really am very appreciative of. Um, but please feel free, you know, go to the Facebook page, Seeing Life from a Different Angle, and become, you know, join the group. You know, I would love to see you there. I'd love to get your feedback there. Um, everything I'm doing, I'm doing for free. So this isn't to make me rich. I certainly wouldn't be able to do so, I am sure. But I, I'm doing this because I feel that in some level or another, this is something I want to do to help mankind along the way. I mean, I think it's something each of us should try to do is, for want of a better way to put it, and I think the most straightforward way to put it, is that, you know, to give what it is that I have been given. You know, I have been given blessings by God. I have been given love by God. And a few gray cells, as Hercule Poirot would say, a few gray cells to come up with ideas and thoughts and to share those with you and hopes that whatever it is that I might share might touch one person in the world, you know, or maybe two, you know, that would be lovely to know that, you know, whatever it is that we talk about would have some really positive effects on others in the world. You know, I thought today um, that I would talk about the concept of hate. You know, it's one of those types of things that we tend to shy away from. You know, today is April 19th. Tomorrow will be the 20th when this podcast is released. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about, okay, well, what is significant about the 20th of April? I know it's, um, you know, it's the day that, you know, a lot of marijuana smokers, you know, have some have it tattooed on their body of, you know, today is the day I get to, you know, celebrate whatever it is that pot is supposed to mean, um, you know, or whatever it's supposed to do. I, from a psychological perspective, I see it as nothing but a sad state of human existence. It is an artificial pleasure that gratifies for the moment. If it wasn't, it would make us gratified by using it one time. It would be something we'd say, wow, this is amazing. I never have to do it again, but it's something that is perpetually chased. The high is perpetually sought after. Eh, put that aside. The other side of this is, is that what is April 20th known for? And I went onto this web page and I was looking at what is, what has occurred on this date because I was looking for something very specific. And that specific thing is that it's also the birth date of Adolf Hitler. And I found it fascinating that on this page, in 1899, when Adolf Hitler was born, I think it was 1899 or 1898, when he was born, um, there's no mention on this page of Adolf Hitler being born on that day. And I thought that was fascinating. And in a lot of ways, it's like the concept of hate. We want to avoid talking about, discussing, or examining, you know, certain things that make us uncomfortable. You know, when we consider love, we'll talk about love. But we don't like to talk about what society considers to be the opposite of love, which is hate. I will say, from a psychoanalytic perspective, 
from a philosophical perspective as well, I do not believe that the opposite of love is hate. Indeed, I believe that the opposite of love is fear. But I think hate can be defined this way, is that when, as we've talked about, our ego has needs that it's looking to have gratified. When those needs are not being gratified, when we recognize that someone might be stepping in the way of the gratification of those needs, we see that person as an obstacle, an obstacle that, depending upon our psychological health, we'll want to try to sidestep or we will want to try to do harm to in some way or worse comes to worse, we'll want to try to destroy. A long while back in one of the podcasts I had talked about you know, taking a walk over to the woods and coming face to face with a tree and making that choice that I either cut down the tree as if the tree never was a part of the forest that I longed to see, or I sidestepped the tree, again, that the tree wasn't a part of the forest that I wanted to see, but at least I didn't destroy it, or that I recognized that I was, there's something within me had put myself in this place of stepping up to this tree. And so when we think about these three different ways of looking at obstacles, there's only one way that is healthy. And only one way that doesn't see the other person truly as an obstacle in our lives. You know, depending upon how we see it, one of those three ways, and I'm sure there are variants, of course, on all of these. But when we think about hate, it tends to be one of the first two. It's either, you know, someone that we desperately want to destroy because we believe that they have done or wreaked such havoc in our life that they are truly an obstacle in our way of moving forward with our lives. And or the second, which is, I really hate this person and they're an obstacle in my way, so I'm gonna act as if they don't exist. But neither of these two ways in any way are healthy. Really, when you think about it, there's no one in your life, no matter what they may have done to you, no matter what they may have done, that can dictate for you the remainder of your life unless you let them. Unless there's a psychological part of you that says, I have to live my life based upon the fact that I've been traumatized by this person or I've been hurt by this person. When I hate someone that much, when I see someone as an obstacle in the way, that says something not about them as much as it says about me. Indeed, they may be, quote unquote, in my way, but I'm the person who is also engaged in this situation, in this relationship of some sort. I am the one who came three inches from this tree. You know, I have to make a choice to step back and look at myself and say, why am I putting myself in this place? And is this a healthy place for me to be? But it's also important when I do step back from that tree, not to resent the tree that I put in my way or that I came upon, you know, because the truth of it is we're a bunch of ships bumping into each other, you know, constantly bumping into each other. You know, we have these opportunities, these choices to choose love over hate almost every minute of every day. You know, I live in New England and in New England, people are the worst drivers. I have to say that I have ever come across. They are terrible drivers because they don't care or it seems like certainly they do not care about what it is that might happen as a byproduct of the way that they drive. And it's an extreme form of selfishness that says, I'm all about self-preservation. I'm all about doing what it is I need to do in order to get where it is I need to go. 
And for those of you that listen, and those of you that know me and care about me or not care about me, one way or another, you know, you know who you are, the ones who drive 80 miles an hour down Route 3, you know, in an attempt to get to someplace, or those who sadly will drive 100 miles an hour because they think they have Jedi reflexes and can, you know, get to where it is they need to go and swerve around those cars. You're not thinking about those that you leave in your wake. You're not thinking about the fact that other people are affected by what it is you do. So when you think about the decision, whether we make it consciously or unconsciously, to hate another human being, to see them as an obstacle in our way, you have to or should, I think, step back and ask yourself, why am I keeping this situation as it is? Why am I struggling within myself to, you know, be able to see this person as an obstacle, why am I struggling within myself that I keep myself seeing this person as an obstacle? Why am I struggling within myself not to let this person go so that they don't continue to be the obstacle that is in my way? Because the second thing we need to consider as well is what is it that this other person is experiencing? What are they going through in their lives? You know, what have they experienced that has them being in my life in this particular way, has them being the source and object of my hatred, my seeing them as an obstacle. You know, I know that as a kid and certainly as a parent, you know, my mom, uh, God rest her soul, um, she really, really, really did not like the word hate. You know, she would make our kids, Mary's and my kids, pay money, five cents, every time they would say the word hate. Because I do think it's one of those types of things that we do not tend to want to think about. Because I think, at the core, we don't really want to recognize why it is we may feel that other people are obstacles in our lives. It does come back to this, which is our struggle with the willingness to see inside of ourselves. You know, to really try to understand and to know ourselves. The more we struggle with trying to know ourselves, the more we project onto the outside world that they are the reason why it is I think or feel the way I think or feel. The more we do that, the more we move away from the truth, the more we live in this lie that believes or allows us to believe that the things that really are occurring in life have very little to do with me. They're just constantly being bombarded on me. They're constantly spilling themselves upon me. I think it's something we have to consider in our choice to love or to hate other people. It really is something, I think, that stops us from allowing ourselves to truly be compassionate toward others. You know, I, would, I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking, you know, how, how fascinating it would be or how fascinating indeed it is that there have been periods of time in human history when we develop these gods and these gods are vengeful, they're angry. And the reason we develop these gods is to be in the likeness of ourselves, which is a fascinating thing when you think about, you know, the, the God of Christianity who, is, who has made us in his likeness. And I'll get back to that because I think it's a really fascinating point. But we develop these gods and these ancient religions, and some even to today, you know, we develop these gods and these pagan religions that basically are our tools. They get to act out their rage and their frustrations and their hostilities and their sexual longings and wants and desires. All the 
seven deadly sins, we can call them, on others because we wish we could do the same thing. You know, God will strike them. You think about it, that's not what karma is all about. You know, we have this notion that, you know, somebody does wrong, karma is going to come get him. Step back. Recognize that really what we're saying is, I am bothered by the fact that they did something and they deserve to be punished. And so I developed this notion of karma to say that this person is going to be punished because they did something bad. That's about me. I want vengeance. I want to strike out at this person. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I had done a podcast. Matter of fact, last week, I did a podcast on um, abortion. And I had said at that time that, you know, to have a human life, to ch take away a human life, whether in infancy or in um, old age, one way or another, by taking away human life, we're robbing God of the opportunity to love. You know, in the case of karma, we are robbing God of, quote unquote, vengeance. And I don't think God takes vengeance in the way you think God takes vengeance, because that's a human conception of vengeance. I think God is saddened by human behavior. He is saddened by the choices that we make day in and day out to pull ourselves away from him, to pull ourselves away from Christ, to pull ourselves and focus more on what it is we're looking for from life. And that's where that notion, you know, when we think about human beings developing gods in their own image, God made us in his image. For what purpose? There's only one. It is to replicate the love that he gives to us. You know, and we think about it. You know, hate is a human concept because we seek to strike out at those obstacles that get in the way of our unhealthy gratification. The more unhealthy our ego needs are, the more unhealthy they become, the more pathological they become, the more we hate, the more we strike out at others, and the more we desperately seek self-preservation because we believe that everyone out there is out to do harm to us. You know, we become to some degree without being psychotic, we become paranoid that other people really don't see us or value us or don't care about us. They get in our way. They're out to hurt us, you know, but in truth, you know, when we think about God, what does God do? God seeks to love. He seeks to shine his love upon us all the time. And it's a fascinating thing because we develop hate as a way of self-preservation. God made love as a way of being completely objective and saying, I see you as worthy of love, even if the things you do do me harm. I still see you as someone worth loving, and I still love you, no matter what the case may be. You know, I've never been a believer in unconditional love, but I have come to realize that there is divine love, and that divine love is what we may call unconditional. Human beings don't have it for each other. It's not possible. And the reason it's not possible is because we are sadly pathological, you know, and in the very beginning of life, we may say in that wide open reality that we love unconditionally. But as we mature, and I use that word loosely, but as we grow and mature, you know, we develop pathological, unhealthy ways to relate to other human beings 
one of those ways being hate, seeing other people as obstacles. But one way or another, you know, that doesn't take away the fact that despite our bad behavior, God continues to love us because he made us in his image. He made us to carry on that love. And what a sad thing when you look at human behavior that we have failed time and time and time again, and we will fail for the rest of time because we are human beings. We are pathological. We live on this line of approximation, the space where we're either living and connected, hopefully in healthy ways, we're in a space of existence, or we are not really connected with other people, but we fantasize that we are, or we're in a space of subsistence where we use other people to get what it is we're looking for because we believe that that's the only way to find the gratification that we need. But God doesn't exist in any of those places. Not really. He exists at the highest level of living. And that space is a space that only exists in that wide open reality that may exist for a moment for the infant or may exist for a period of time, an extended period of time, you know, but in sad truth, it fades away or it becomes repressed into our unconscious mind. And so ultimately we end up developing these unhealthy ways to relate to others and stop being, you know, missionaries of God, you know, people that can say, I'm here for you and I love you and I will love you no matter what. There are very few St. Paul's among us or St. Peter's among us or St. Francis's among us. There are far too few who would say, I'll sacrifice my life for the love of God and for the love of my fellow man. You know, that's the greatest gift that we are given. I, I had made this post on the uh, Facebook page for seeing life from a different angle. And in it I said, you know, today, Easter Sunday, is a day of true love. Because not only did God allow his son to die for our sins, but... He also rose him from the dead, resurrected him from the dead so that we would have eternal life and be able to spend the remainder of our lives loving others and showing God that we love him through the love of others. So when we think about the concept of hate, it's not different. It's not the opposite of love. It's a human response to our own pathology. And I think the only way to not continue to hate others is to do the hardest task that we have is to look inside of ourselves, to ask ourselves, you know, why am I so struggling with seeing this other person as controlling my life, seeing them, seeing them as an obstacle in the way of my life? We have that choice. We have it day in, we have it day out. It's really up to us to decide are we going to see, like the pagans do, a God that we made in our image, which is full of hate and vengeance? Or are we going to allow ourselves to be children of God who made us to love others? Be well.